This episode of the Shooter's Touch is brought to you by Forged Athletics. At Forged Athletics, we connect athletes and or athletes' parents to sports-specific trainers for personal or small group training sessions. You can go to GoForgeAthletics.com to see our list of trainers, to see pricing for those trainers, and get that trainer booked. Again, GoForgeAthletics.com and be forged. Shooters, welcome back to the Shooters Touch podcast. This week, we bring on assistant coach for South Dakota State University, Brian Peterson. Brian's had an interesting road to South Dakota State, uh, originally from Clinton, Iowa. Wasn't heavily recruited out of high school, but made it to Kirkwood, played for the Eagles for two years, and then transferred to Iowa State University, where he played for Coach McDermott. After that, uh, started his coaching career at Iowa State, um, eventually made it back to Kirkwood, where he won a couple national championships, and then was approached by Coach Henderson at South Dakota State to move up to Brookings and said it was a perfect opportunity to work for a really good program and made the decision to go there. Like I said, very interesting story. Uh, a lot of great perspective from Coach Peterson, um, a very cerebral interview that we've had. Um, great to re reconnect with him as Brian played at Kirkwood with my brother, um, so like I said, great to connect with him and just a great overall episode, a uh, great young coach in the industry who, who no doubt will one day be a head coach again at the D1 level. We hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. Connect with us on social media at Shooters Touch IA on Twitter and Instagram and search the Shooters Touch on Facebook. And always remember, Shooters Shoot. Here's Brian Peterson. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Well, Coach Peterson, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you, Coach. Uh, excited to hear your story and a little bit of your path. Um, so before we get too deep into it, uh, obviously just met you here tonight, but uh, we're already on the same wavelength because we spell our name um, the same. Yeah, um, that's the right way. That's right. Which also, though, is funny because it's so a very common name in Brian Peterson, but I bet your name gets spelled wrong a lot because if not the B-R-I um, instead of B-R-Y, you probably get the S-O-N on the end, too. So I mean, how often are we are we seeing this name spelled wrong? All the time. And, and in this day and age, obviously, there's a lot of emails that are out. And so 
I always give somebody my email and then they say, Hey, did you get it? Or like, Hey, or I'd have to say, I didn't get it. And they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm positive. I sent them like, well, you probably either spelled my first name wrong or my last name wrong. And then it always hundred percent of the time come back and say, Oh yeah, you're right. I, I spelled your last name wrong or your first name wrong. So it happens quite a bit in situations. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Uh, I would be a victim of that as well. Well, and I get it obviously on the Brian all the time too, and you just kind of get used to it. Um, but I'm pretty sure even the old, uh, the famous Wikipedia page has your um, Iowa state roster has it spelled wrong um, oh, on right. there too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's BRI on there. So um, even coming into tonight, I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's why I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Uh, someone, someone once told me with the why that that's the Canadian version of spelling it. Um, but I have no, um, ties or anything with that. So I can't, uh, prove or disprove that, but, um, whatever, whatever works, man, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's spelled the right way with the Y. Yeah. So, um, what's, what's home like, uh, we always like to go a little bit of situation. How are things at home? Um, wife, we have any kids running around yet? What's the, what's the home situation look like? Yeah. Uh, Wife, uh, actually Cedar Rapids, Iowa native. Her, her name's Renee Peterson, uh, formerly Renee Cooper. Uh, we've been married now just over five years. Um, uh, met her out at Iowa State uh, my last year. Um, she actually was a softball player at the time, uh, playing out there at Iowa State. And so, you know, it's it's been an awesome. Uh, we have no kids yet. I'm still kind of working on that. We do have a little dog that is going to be turning, uh, what do you turn, seven this past October. So, um, but, uh, life's good. Life's good. Obviously, um, happy to be up here. We're just finishing up our third year here in Brookings. Um, we obviously missed Iowa, um, and missed Cedar Rapids cause I was home for her and all of her families back there in Eastern Iowa and same with me, but, uh, it's been fun kind of getting out of our comfort zone and moving up here, but, uh, things are good at home and, um, trying to, everybody always says like, you know, they don't really know college basketball. They're like, Oh, Hey, you're experiencing some downtime. You're having fun at home. You, you know, to play a little golf and like, no, like it's obviously crazy time, you know, in the spring and um, but uh, hopefully, you know, in the month of May, things will settle down a little bit and have a little bit more time here at home. So, so you guys back uh, are the, are, are the, are the guys back at it? You got workouts going like where are you guys at with that? Yeah, well, our season, you know, which is a good thing, kind of went a little bit longer. We obviously made the NCAA tournament and, um, you know, played a lot of games. And, um, you know, we have a lot of returners coming back. You know, we're pretty lucky from that standpoint. So we gave them some time off, and then we started up some stuff uh, after the Final Four. Um, and so our guys are in the weight room getting after it three to four times a week uh, with our strength coach. And then we're getting them on the floor. We're not doing anything really team-related, to be honest. We're doing a lot of small group, individual stuff you know, skill workout, just really working on some individual things with our guys. But uh, it's been good. You know, this spring, our guys have been doing a great job and it's been fun to get back on the floor with them. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. Um, so let's talk a little bit about last year. Obviously, that's kind of a little top of mind. Um, an incredible season in which that you guys put together 30 and five, um, which would include uh, quite the run after, uh, well, actually leading up before Christmas, uh, all the way until the NCAA tournament, and then um, ran into a really good Providence team there in the first round. Um, but had to have been, had to have really enjoyed that ride. Uh, you learn a lot, um, obviously going through that situation and playing in those games. Um, tell, paint the picture a little bit for us and for you guys as a staff and, and ultimately leading up to the, uh, that Providence game in, in the first round of the tournament. I mean, coming into this year, we, we felt pretty good about our team. You know, when Coach Henderson got the job uh, now three years ago, um, we've kind of had the same staff. We've had a few slight changes, um, but for the most part, our staff has stayed intact. And we've been, 
you know, fairly lucky for the most part. We haven't been hit with a ton of transfers in our first couple of years. So going into this year, we felt really good about our group, you know, and then we were able to add some really good freshmen to the, to the team. And, um, you know, so we had some talent and we had the really good mix of talent, but then also our team was really connected. They're a group that really enjoyed being around each other, uh, both off the court, on the court. And, and it was real. It wasn't genuine. I'm not just saying what coaches say when they had a good year. Like it was, it was pretty special. Um, and so that, so we felt good about it going into the year. We had a good summer, um, fall went, went well with workouts and then you could just see, some of our guys taking the next step and then our new guys like Zeke Mayo, you, you felt good about him getting in the mix and making a difference. And so that led into obviously, you know, a good start to the year, but we had a tough schedule. I mean, uh, you know, we opened up with Bradley at home, obviously a Missouri Valley team that had a lot of good players back. And then we went on the road at, at Alabama at Stephen F. Foster. So we really challenged our group early in the year. We took a few lumps. Um, the Idaho loss was a, was a little bit of a stinker. Um, and I think that kind of, we were feeling our guys were, you know, liking where things were going. And, and I, you never want these losses as a coach or as a player either, but it was good for us. I mean, we kind of reset. Um, we still obviously lost to at Missouri State, but that's obviously a really talented team down there. Um, but then it really took off. Our guys kind of really settled into like, all right, what do we need to do? We learned a lot in the non-conference. We got off to a really good start in league play and, you know, things just kept going. And, you know, there's a little bit of somewhat luck and you know when you go on a run and you have a special year we didn't we we missed the injury bug a little bit until the very last game um but for the most part our guys stayed helping we just stayed together stayed connected and it was special and um, it was a fun run I mean I've, part, I've been a part of some really good teams you know back in Kirkwood when I started really getting into coaching like we had some really good teams but I've never been on a team that's won 21 straight games you know it's it's pretty incredible and a lot of fun to be a part of yeah, absolutely. Going back and looking through a little bit, uh, some of your guys' your wins there in the second half of the season, um, like you said, just kind of, you know, a lot heavy league play, um, which is always, you know, might not know as much about the teams or might not be as buzzworthy, like you said, as some of your non-con, but uh, these are teams that know you guys the best and know kind of what your system and what you want to try to run. And so the fact that night in, night out, you guys are able to show up and perform and win uh, speaks a lot, you know, obviously about your staff and the preparation in which that you guys had, but also the, the kids um, and showing up. Uh, and then going through the Summit League Championship, you know, taking down Omaha, South Dakota, and then North Dakota State. Uh, that had been that had been a fun ride. Obviously, you have a uh, uh, couple of Dakota schools in there, and you know Omaha down the road. And so, what was that? What was that tournament like for you guys? Was that something um, that you guys had on your preseason list to go out and win the Summit tournament, or uh, what were your thoughts there? You know, and again, this is going to sound like coach speak a little bit, but Coach Henderson doesn't really lay out specific goals like that. You know, we're kind of a process oriented team, but we don't talk about like winning Summit League titles regular season. We don't necessarily you know, hey, our goal is to win the Summit League tournament because our guys kind of already know that. Like, that's just, you know, so I don't think we need to talk about and address it as a group all the time because at the end of the day, we're probably going to be in one big league more times than not. And so um, we can't, that's, an, you know, that's a given. But at the same time, like our group, um, you know, that, like I said, we've kind of had a same core group the last, you know, two years. So going into the year three, they haven't experienced playing in the NCAA tournament. So I think that really motivated them. You know, we had a good chance the year before, but we got beat on our buzzer, beat at Old Roberts. And then, you know, we see them do what they do. And so that gave our guys a little bit more motivation. So there's no doubt we were thinking about the Summit League tournament. We didn't maybe address it, you know, um, in front of the team a lot. Um, but our guys definitely were working towards it. And then it was awesome. I mean, I don't know 
if you guys have ever had the chance to be at the assembly tournament, but it's one of the like most well-attended conference tournaments, power five, mid-major, whatever you want to call it in the country. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the blue, you know, our fans are tremendous. We're pretty fortunate at the tournaments in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is 40 minutes away from our campus. So we got, you know, I don't want to call it a straight home court advantage because it's not our home court uh, at the Denny Sanford, but we have a great fan base that comes out and supports. I mean, and our guys with COVID, um, we didn't get to experience that last year. You know, we were at the Pentagon, no fans. And then the year before that, we got knocked out in the first round. And um, so our guys and our team, they were they were really excited. And our fans showed out. It was a tremendous atmosphere, all three games. Um, against Omaha, the opening game, it was awesome. And then obviously against South Dakota, it's a rivalry. It was an awesome atmosphere. And then North Dakota State in the championship, they're a high-level team, and they got a pretty good fan base. But – our fans were tremendous. It was, it was an unbelievable environment for our guys to experience. And, you know, to get the win obviously puts icing on the cake, but it was uh, the days, you know, at the tournament was, it was special. Um, and a lot of it had to do with our fans. So you guys cut down the nets, get the automatic bid. Um, Selection Sunday comes around and you see the matchup with Providence. Um, I, I would imagine knew little uh, when that came up on the screen, but then uh, as you guys started to prepare, a little bit for Providence in that first round. Um, what did you guys see? What you what were you excited about? What did you kind of like um, with that matchup going in? Well, I mean, we were obviously we were happy to be in the tournament. We were hoping for a, a good seat because we we wanted our kids to be rewarded. I mean, we we won thirty games. You know, we we didn't deserve a fifteen or sixteen or even fourteen. We felt we deserved, and our guys deserved, you know, a pretty good seat. And and we got one. You know, um, and. You know, any team you get a chance to play in there, you know, anybody that you play in the tournament is going to be pretty good. But you get a one through five, it's going to be a really good team. And Providence, the initial thoughts was a veteran team, great coach. They won the Big East for a reason. Um, you know, maybe they don't wow you with some of their talent because, you know, you know, a lot of big teams, uh, a power five team that wins their conference usually has an NBA player. And I'm not, and they might have a guy that makes the NBA, but you know, no, not, not a no brainer, you know, and, um, you know, but then you start looking at their team, their numbers and some of the things we knew it was going to be really tough and physical. They're really old. I mean, I think their starting lineup had at least three, if not four, sixth year guys, you know? So again, that's unique, mature guys. It's their first time in the NCAA tournament. Um, so we knew we were going to have our hands full, but we also did like the matchup. I and mean, I'll be honest, like, you know, we felt like we could guard them. You know, uh, we knew there was going to be a few things that we were going to have some, you know, some, maybe some struggles with, but it wasn't like, a, you know, we're getting ready to play Alabama the second game of the year, and you're looking at guys that can shoot it are so so athletic and fast and play such a high-octane game. You know, you're a little worried about that matchup, but Providence doesn't really present those types of problems. And, um, and then we felt, you know, if we played our game offensively, we could score enough points to put ourselves in a position. But... Um, but it was fun getting ready for it. I mean, I don't think, um, you know, the national analysts and honestly, everybody picked us to win. That didn't really help our case because I think Coach Cooley really used that for motivation. And, and it's really cool. Like, our, and our guys deserved it. And, you know, it was cool to see the Jackrabbit stuff talked about on Sunday night and Monday and Tuesday. But, you know, looking back on it, there was no doubt that that played a role, you know, and those guys weren't sleeping on us. Let's just put it that way. I mean, one story, I'll, a story I'll share, I've told this to a few people. Like, so the day before everybody gets a practice time that's open that anybody can come to, you know, the day before you play, well, we're the first time at noon, we're getting done with our 40 minutes or whatever, get on the court. And then in the corner, you see all the Providence players in the corner, just standing there watching us. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. And I asked our operations guy, Tyler, going like, Hey, so are they on after us? I'll stick around watching. Like, no, they're not here. They don't go on until four. 
And I was like, well, that's strange. It's like they brought the whole team there to watch our shoot around practice, whatever, because it's open and like you, and that doesn't happen in that some way tournament. So like that kind of like told you like, okay, yeah, these guys are tired of hearing about them being the top seed that was going to maybe get beat by an underdog. So um, they, we knew we were going to have our hands full. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely picked you guys. So uh, I was you up I, a lot of brackets. I heard about it from a lot of my buddies back. I home. was I was in your guys's corner <laughs> and admittedly didn't know much about Providence. I knew you guys could shoot the snot out of snot out of it. So I was like, all right, let's go. And so yep. um, it was like you said, it was a good matchup that, uh, you know, obviously didn't end the way that you guys wanted to. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, it was one of those things on paper. I was like, this could go either way. You know, you guys show up and um, just kind of flame them out and you never know what could happen. And so it was a fun, it was a fun matchup. Obviously would have seen, like to see it gone the other way, but uh, a great season nonetheless. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. I know that you guys, your starters played heavy minutes. Uh, you guys didn't go too terribly deep on the bench. Um, but, uh, you know, with most, most of those guys having, having an opportunity to come back, it'll be something that, uh, be be excited uh like you said i know i'm sure those guys were excited to get on the floor after having so much success and having it come up a little short and uh get back to it and so we'll definitely be uh definitely be paying attention and following along uh that's for sure yeah what do um and so let's let's go way back here coach uh, um where you're from uh what was growing up like and you know overall uh, how did athletics play a part in uh, your childhood so I'm originally from Clinton, Iowa, born and raised. Um, you know, it was a great childhood. I honestly played a bunch of sports, pretty typical, you know, Iowa kid. Got, that, that was really interested in sports, kind of a typical growing up. Uh, you know, uh, had two great parents, um, an older sister, um, and it was just a, you know, had a close gr a group of friends. But, uh, you know, got involved early with sports and just kind of knew – you know, I wanted to, you know, be involved all the way through high school. And then I obviously, you know, fell in love with hoops, probably a little bit more than the other sports. Um, but it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, I enjoy going back there. Don't get back there quite as much now that we're living up here in South Coast, a little further drive to get way back there, but uh, awesome people, um, you know, love my time at Clinton high school and, you know, kind of really, really set the foundation of like kind of who I am, you know, and then mm -hmm. into my coaching, I would say like, you know, of hard work. I mean, Clinton's a place that, you know, there, you know, I, not, not a lot's given to you. It's not a place that everybody just thinks like, oh, wow, there's a lot of, you know, big time athletes coming out or whatever. You kind of got to kind of got to grind your way through it, you know, to, to make it to the next level or whatever sport you're playing. So I think that really kind of developed a pretty good mindset for me that that's helped me in my coaching career so far, too. Yeah. Yeah. So when did uh, I guess when did you you kind of realize, you know, basketball was was the way you were going to go? Um, and then a follow up question to that, you know, was that when you realized that was that when you when you um uh, uh, when you maybe cut out some other sports or, or were you a consistent three or four, three or four sport athlete? I was, you know, and I, I'm glad I did it. I was a four sport athlete. I, um, you know, I played, uh, I did cross country my freshman year and that only lasted one year. I thought it was a great idea to go get in shape. And, um, but I just remember when the coach said, all right, we're doing a mile and a half. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. And it was our warm up. I was like, well, that's, this doesn't sound like this. But I stuck it out and finished out the year. But anyways, I switched over to golf, played golf, and then obviously hoops, track, and then baseball in the summer. And I played them all the way through. I played them all the mm -hmm. way through. And, you know, AU, uh, the timing of it, AU was kind of starting, but there was only like two or three teams in the state of Iowa. And at that time, I'll be honest, like I wasn't on that radar, um, you know, with hoops like that. And, and so I played baseball in the summer. And, uh, but I would say I've always, 
my first passion's always been hoops. Um, I always loved watching Chicago Bulls when I was growing up, and I just, you know, obviously wanted to be Michael Jordan, and you know, obviously far from it as a player, but you know, like we're all growing up in the '90s, that's who we wanted to be. So, yeah. But like, probably in high school, I really knew, like, all right, this is if I'm fortunate enough to play a sport in college, you know, hoops is going to be it. And I'd so I, I'd say probably after my freshman year, I really started feeling that way. Nice. Was that uh, uh, was that just because you were the best at that sport, do you think? Or was it, you know, that's what all your friends played? Was that what, you know, mom and dad liked the most? What what did that look like? I was pretty good, but I wouldn't say I was like the best. I mean, I was just, I mean, I never really grew a whole bunch, but I was definitely really small back then. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so I wasn't always the best. I was kind of always one of the little guys out there. So I had to kind of find my way through it and you know uh but I just had, I just loved it and I and I did have some success I mean we had a really tight-knit group we had a it's kind of a funny name but my dad we used to be the uh, happy joe's general manager so we were the happy joe's jammers little local team and so those are some of my best friends I grew up with and so you know we had an unbelievable experience through middle school and um and so that probably fed into like what loving basketball probably a little bit more because of those connections and just that experience it's awesome yeah it's always a uh... Um, you know, you can play, obviously you can play collegiate, you can play professional, but, uh, you know, playing with those middle school friends and those high school friends that you grew up with is, is, is always a little bit different. Yep. No, you're right. Um, well, how about this? Uh, who was the, who was the coach that had the biggest impact on you? Um, whether that be middle school, high school, um, hoops or other sports. Um, well, my dad, honestly, um, you know, cause he coached me in everything. Like he, yep. He coached me in baseball. He coached me. Well, he didn't coach me in golf, I guess, per se. Like, you know, he probably taught me a little bit, but he wasn't really the coach. But uh, but all my baseball teams I've played on, all the basketball teams, he was never the head coach. He never wanted to do that, but he was always a part of it and played a major role in it. And um, so I would say he – I mean, and he coached me, the, I feel like, the right way. You know, now that I'm a coach and I've been in it for a while, I look back on how he coached me. And it was – I, I really appreciate it because, I mean, he was – he was a dad, but also a coach in a way that like, I don't know, he was always fair, but it taught me a lot. I mean, taught me a lot with it. So, uh, but then outside of him, I would say that, you know, Doug Wagamaster at, at Kirkwood Community College, because, you know, uh, coming from Clinton, like, and I didn't travel a bunch. Again, I, you know, AU wasn't really a thing and I didn't play it. So like when I went out there, like um, I really learned how to win. I learned about winning habits, like consistency and Coach Wags was one of the ultimates of like, you knew what you were getting every day. You know, sometimes it was going to be a butt chewing, like, but you kind of knew what you were getting every day. And um, so he was a, you know, a huge impact on me, I would say. Um, and then, you know, then Coach McDermott, you know, and I know I'm, you asked for one, but um, I would say kind of in that sequence, that's kind of how it what played out for me. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit why you brought up Coach McDermott. Um, we'll circle back around uh, as your career kind of goes in a little bit of a circle from from playing to coaching. But um, at Iowa State, um, so you spent two years playing at Kirkwood. We'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about your coaching there. But uh, uh, deciding to go to Iowa State and play for um, Coach McDermott, what was, what was that process like? Um, why Iowa State? Uh, and then ultimately, what do you remember about uh, kind of that first – practice or that first uh welcome to the big 12 moment yeah well what led me there is I, I wanted to be a division one player um that was my goal so that's re the reason I went to Kirk was because I didn't have any division one offers I had zero interest really to be honest so 
Um, I bet on myself. I went out there. And, and so at the end of my sophomore year, I started, you know, getting recruited by some other division ones, by a, a bunch of division twos. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of a homebody. I'm not a homebody, but I never left the state of Iowa, really. You know, so like I, I took a visit to Northern Colorado's first time I was ever in a plane. Like, <laughs> then, uh, you know, I had the University of North Dakota that, you know, had offered me that one. And then like last minute I had University of California, Irvine and just, and I don't know, like it was just one of those deals where, you know, when I set out for college, I said, I'm going to Kirkwood because I want to, you know, go out there because it's a great school and a, and a, a tremendous program, but I want to be a division one player. And those other spots were division ones, but like they were just, they were so far. And um, I don't know. And growing up in the state of Iowa, you're a kid that you, you watch Iowa state, you watch Iowa, you watch the Panthers, you watch Drake. And then you, you just want to be one of those guys, you know? And so I felt like with the way Coach McDermott coaches his style, um, I felt like even though honestly I was recruited as a recruited walk-on, I didn't, you know, have a chance at a scholarship. They kind of told me, you know, if they don't get anybody over the summer at the start of the year, I'll be put on scholarship. But but that, that there's no guarantees, you know. <laughs> That's a dicey and a risky move. But uh, again, I just kind of decided to bet on myself, and I wanted to play in Iowa. I wanted my parents and my friends to be able to come see me play and be a part of something that was bigger than myself and so that's kind of why I decided to go there so um and then my first welcome to the big 12 moment um I'll just go actually welcome to division one basketball on our own team I I remember I want to have a first open gyms Mike Taylor who had a tremendous like first year there and then you know he wasn't on the team the second year but I remember doing a closeout drill and it was like a make it take a deal like you know you got to get a stop to get the ball and like, let's just say I was on defense for a long time because, like, <laughs> I close out, get tight to him. He goes by me, and I'm like, holy cow, this is going to be tough. And then I close out short. He bangs in probably three straight threes on me. So it was one of those deals where it's like, holy you – know, like, I got myself into it. Like, I, you know, you better get ready to go here and get ready to work. Um, um, that was – you know, that was probably my first. And I, it was, like, one of the first couple workouts in June. So – he was a he was a nice player though, so there's 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 nothing yeah. to, no, no, nothing to be ashamed about that. Uh, I a little bit in the NBA, so I didn't feel too bad about it. Obviously, right. it was it was an eye opening deal because not that I was a juggernaut at Kirkwood defensively, but I didn't have like too many days where like I'm on defense for like 20 straight minutes because I got zero chance of being a stop right now. <laughs> right. right. Um, hey, uh, quick question back to uh, you you going out to UC Irvine or maybe getting a couple uh, you know, recruiting calls from them. Were uh, you and Rodenberg a package deal then, if that's the case? You know, it kind of, I kind of felt like that because they were recruiting Rodenberg way before me. And it happened so late. I'm not kidding. Like, it was it was one of those deals where they probably missed out, honestly, on their first couple options. And then they hit me up when Rodenberg was still kind of thinking about it. Um, Rody was smart, and he went out on a visit and checked that yeah. place out, and it was pretty sweet. And I was dumb and said no to the visit and just said, no, nah, I'm not good, <laughs> you know, because – they weren't recruiting me all year and kind of regret that. I probably should have took that Southern California paid, paid vacation to go yeah. out there for a few days. But. Well, Rody, well, Rody, Rody probably went out there and just said, Hey, I need somebody else from Iowa out here. Like I'm not going to fit in very well. So can you yeah. just, can you just call up my buddy Pete? Yeah. Rody, after he got back from that visit, I asked him how it went. And the first thing he says, Pete, the grass out there is just, it's so green. It's just so clean out there. And I'm just like, and you know Rody a little bit, like it was like, yeah, that's a that's a Rody comment a little yeah. bit. I'm like, well, what you think of school? Like, hey, you know, what was the facilities like? Hey, that town probably is pretty sweet. You know, that was the first thing he said. But um, yeah, it was that that Rody got out of his comfort zone. He went out to obviously Southern County. I think it was, you know, you know, obviously going back to the Panthers at you and I, but uh mm -hmm. 
you know, you got to experience Southern California for a little bit. So, so uh, back to, so then your first year at Iowa state, um, you came in, there was qu quite the crew of guys uh, that were still kind of hanging around um, quite a few freshmen that came in that year. Cause that was, that was like Garrett and Brackens and Boozer, right? All those, all those yep. guys came in freshman year, first year. Um, yep. And so Wes Johnson was the sophomore um, that was there. Let's see, younger Haleska, right? Sean was there yep. and then um, Alex Thompson. And so, so what was that like? What was kind of the dynamic of, of playing at that next level? Um, and then ultimately the guys on the team, but what was, uh, what was your biggest takeaway after your, your first year of, um, Iowa state basketball? Well, just that level's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's so competitive. There's a lot of really good players. I mean, you just listed off like eight guys and like two or three of those guys played in the NBA, you know, and, you know, our teams weren't the greatest. I mean, just being honest, like, obviously we, you know, had some, you know, had some really good moments, but we never could really string it together um, to have some special seasons, but a lot of talent, like there's so much talent. I mean, you know, Wesley Johnson, obviously, I think was he the number, the two pick in the draft or yeah, something. Was, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Lottery, sure, something yeah. like that. And Craig play, was a, uh, was a just outside the lottery and DG played a little bit in the league. So, I mean, just a ton of talent. And um, it was just an eye opening experience. Like I got a lot better. I, I definitely had some days that were a little, a little tougher just because you know I'm not as talented as those guys you know so what I learned is like you know you can't have bad days you know like that's one thing that instilled in me like is some of those other guys could probably have an average to a, maybe a bad day and still be okay you know just their talent's going to take over where if I went out there and had a bad day it was going to show like because I needed to be as close to 100% every day just to stay in the conversation and hopefully get some playing time and making an impact so um, it, it was an adjustment but I also you know, it was also really good for me too. I learned a lot about myself and like how, you know, you know, I had a little bit more in the tank than maybe I gave myself credit for to be honest. Like, and, uh, but it was a good group of guys. We, it was unique though. Cause we had a lot of new guys. Um, so we, we had to really grow together and we kind of had some bumps in the road. Like Lucas Stagger was also part of that group and he had a weird NCAA eligibility thing. So we were always in flux if he's going to play or not play, you know, Mike, Mike Taylor was let go of the team halfway through the summer. And obviously he was going to be a big part of the team. And um, so it was a lot of newness and, you know, we, we definitely threw, went through our bumps in the road a little bit, but overall it was, you know, a lot of good dudes to be around. Um, it was, it was, it was a fun experience. And then obviously the experience Hilton was pretty cool too that first year to really be a part of it. Well, I know at that time too, playing for Mac, obviously needed a, a cerebral guy uh, kind of leading the helm a little bit and uh, making sure everybody was where they wanted to be. And so um, somebody to remember all the, the 500 plays. I was that's say, yeah, that's the hard enough. Guys remember the place I did. So. Yeah, I was going to say, so who's going to remember the place? All right, Pete, you got it. You're in. Yeah. Tell these guys where to go and let them make plays. But you know what? You got to, you got to do that. I mean, you got to yeah. have somebody. And like you said, it was, a lot thrown at you in that first year and uh you know had some had some really good success kind of kind of running the ship for everybody and then ultimately your your senior year same thing uh you know now you kind of know the system a little bit better uh you kind of know what's expected of you I would imagine then um that final ride your senior year had to have been a lot of fun was it something that you uh you seem like a very mature guy so this, was it something that you were able to enjoy a little bit while still busting your tail or what do you remember about uh your senior season at Iowa State yeah I tried to I mean honestly like I I and I tell this to my players all the time like I really feel like I maxed out and had no regrets and that's kind of how I went into my senior year like 
you know, cause I knew there was a pretty good chance. There was a really good chance. I wasn't going to be an NBA player. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> and I knew there was kind of a small chance that I wouldn't, you know, go overseas. And I kind of knew I wanted to coach and I had, you know, I'd already talked to coach McDermott about becoming a GA right when I was done. And so, you know, I kind of knew like, this is it for me. So I, I, I approached it with, I just wanted to have no regrets and just in, and not using like all the, control the controllables maybe doesn't wasn't necessarily the the thing to say like it is now um but I kind of tried to do that just play as hard as I could do the best I can and let's just see what happens this year and you know it was a it was a great year in a lot of ways where I got to experience again a lot of cool places a lot of big time environments play against some like unbelievable players in the league and outside of the league and non-conference wish we would have done a little better I mean to be honest like we we had another pretty good roster um you know, we, you know, Wes Johnson left us late and it was kind of hard to recover from that, to be honest. Like, I mean, he's an unbelievable player, but we still felt like we had a chance to hopefully get to the middle of the pack in the big 12 and didn't quite get there. But overall for me personally, like, you know, it was a good year. Um, got to, I mean, I started every game, um, you know, got to experience a lot of really cool spots and, and I really felt like I, I maxed out. I, I wish I would have made a few more shots and there's no question about it, but you know, I felt like I went about it. We're like, you know what, like, I got everything out of my game I could, you know, and I, you know, I was at peace with it. So that made it a little bit really enjoyable towards the end of the year. Cause you know, you know, cause some kids I, I see it all the time. Like they have regrets like, Oh crap, I, I probably should have handled this or this or this better. And maybe things would have went better. Like I really feel like I wish we would have won more games, but you know, for me, you know, it was, it was an awesome senior year just cause I knew I got everything I could on myself. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good feeling, good way to go too. And so then end of the year, things get done, uh, wrap up the year. Did you know, uh, was the plan already in works for you to then stay on staff there? Yep. Me and coach Mac, honestly, in the recruiting process, that was kind of one of his things because obviously he didn't offer me a scholarship right out the gate. Uh, so that was one of his plays that still kind of enticed me to come and, you know, because uh, I, 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 after I, when I kind of went to college, I knew I wanted to coach, but I didn't know what level I was probably thinking high school and be a teacher or, you know, I don't know, like I, I didn't really know college. And then I got into it, um, you know, and we had some really good teams at Kirkwood. I love that process. And uh, so I was like, OK, I kind of want to do college coaches. So Coach McDermott kind of used that as a recruiting tactic to kind of get me. So we kind of talked about it previously and then obviously locked it in once I got out there. Well, for someone who's kind of thinking maybe sort of coaching to uh, go and get a degree in kinesiology was maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, you couldn't, wasn't there a leadership major or something else that we could have made this a little yeah. easier on ourselves? Yeah. I, I, when I first went out there my junior year, they called it human uh, development or human performance and development. And then they changed it to kinesiology. I'm like, this is awesome. Now everybody thinks I'm smart because that sounds really cool. <laughs> Like it's, but yeah, I, I always liked learning about the body. And so the other thing I was kind of thinking about outside of maybe being a high school teacher and coach was maybe like physical therapy. So I guess at Kirkwood, I took a lot of like health science classes. So that was the next best thing for me to transfer into and not have to like do an extra year of school. So, but yeah, kinesiology, like, yeah, I love it when people bring that up because it kind of sounds like I'm pretty smart and it was a really big time. To and it was hard, but I'm not that smart. So, yeah. Well, well then the, the second degree though, I mean, we have a higher education, educational leadership. Um, yep. I mean, there's a lot going on with that too. It sounds like uh, pretty high ed, high level stuff. So kinesiology, oh, yeah. and some high level stuff. That was that was a, that was a fun experience. Cause the guy that, uh, Dr. Larry Edwards, he retired, um, but he's a legend, honestly, in like higher education, especially in the two-year level, like he on every board, basically for all the presidents that have gotten hired in the Iowa two-year colleges. But anyways, 
he was a huge Cyclone fan, so he made that pretty enjoyable for for anybody, all of us GAs that were in his program and uh, getting to be a part of it. So that, that's yeah, that's a good way to do it. That's for sure. And uh, again, get your education paid for while uh, while continuing to learn the game. And so then Mac leaves after one year. Um, any thoughts of possibly going with, or were you sticking sticking um, at Iowa State to finish your degree, or what was the thought there? Initially, like it was, it was tough because I obviously wanted to follow Mac, or just obviously it's connection. Like you know, I played for him and he had treated me well. And um, but I also, to be honest, like I just got done with my first year of the my master's program, and I in Creighton's master's programs are probably a little bit harder. And I was kind of worried about that, maybe maybe starting a new one or even getting into grad school over there. Um, but um, and now you know, like we started off, I, I had met my now wife um, my senior year, and I knew that would, and she was still she was younger than me, so she still had two years to finish up her degree. So not going to sit here and say that didn't play a little bit of a role um, sticking around. And, and then I also, honestly, I kind of looked at it as, you know, I wanted to stay at Iowa state cause that's where I played. But then when I heard it was going to be coach Horberg coming in, it was just another connection, you know, another guy to learn from obviously a very unique hire at the time with like, you know, no coaching experience, but he's got all this NBA knowledge and, you know, and I even talked to Mac about it, like, you know, that could open up some other doors, you know, down the road if you, you know, working with him. So those, those all things factored into kind of sticking around, but I'm glad I did because it, it, it worked out well. And probably number one, my wife stayed with me and uh, she said yes and I'm married with her. And, um, and then also just learning under Fred for a few years was obviously very beneficial too. So. Yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds a little bit like two no brainers there for you yeah. <laughs> uh, in that. So that's a win-win um, from an offensive uh, philosophy and scheme of things that had to have been a little bit of a, of a night and day switch um, going from Mac to Hoiberg. Um, but what was that like for you then an opportunity, like you said, in this world of coaching, you know, you get the experience and you want to learn and understand different perspectives and different views because ultimately it shapes you and kind of what you believe. And so how beneficial was that to see and have um, somebody like Coach Hoiberg come in and his offensive philosophy um, for you as a, as, a, as a future coach? It was, it was awesome because, you know, he, again, he brought an NBA mindset, which was different than the college game. And obviously the NBA game has trickled down to our, our level, like a lot more now than it did 10 years ago. Like just concepts. I mean, um, you know, Mac was a set heavy guy, um, but his, the sets were, um, I want to say long and drawn out. Some of them were, but like where Fred would still run an action, but the action was like one or two things and then go play, you know, like space, um, you know, just shot selection was a, lot, a different philosophy. And I had played for Coach Wagamaster and Coach Mack, and their shot selection was very the same, you know, like where Fred's like, yeah, if you're open in the first 10 seconds, let it ride, you know, let it fly, you know, kind of deal. And uh, um, so it was just, it was really good to be around that. And then Fred just had a way to like, um, not only like terminology and like his concepts of NBA, that was good to be around, but like, you know, NBA, I think they talk a lot about like, especially like, you know, and he was a shooter of like just instilling confidence in players, how you do that, spending time with them. Like, um, and Fred did that. And I, I saw like a lot of good players that maybe honestly played a little bit better than their actual like talent because they were just feeling so good about their game. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with like Fred's philosophy and like instilling confidence in guys. So that was also not outside of the, the schemes and concepts that everybody liked to talk about with Fred's offense. Like, I think that was one of his best attributes, especially like early on in his Iowa State days. 
Well, he always gets so much credit too from those teams and, and practice structure and kind of the way he goes about it again, kind of pulling stuff from the NBA and then ultimately syncing it with the talent that he had there and um, everything that I had heard from it too. You know, he had kind of like his four or five non-negotiable things that just had to go the way that he wanted it. And the rest of it was kind of just let's, let's ride with it. Um, you know? And so there were things that there was structure almost very similar to his offense, like in, in the way yeah, there's, right. there's structure there, but then there's a certain element of, Hey, we have to roll with it. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's a, a unique philosophy in a way in which it obviously was successful for him and had to have been fun for you for a young coach, like you said, to see the different side of things, the different side of the coin from, you know, what you're used to or what you had played with. And so that first year he comes in, obviously a little rough as a, a, a rebuild, but you had guys kind of waiting in the whims there, uh, waiting to become eligible. And so what, what was that process like in the, the transition? Um, it, you know, from that season, getting prepared, and then, um, you know, just a new coach, a new philosophy, new staff, um, all those changes. Yeah. Well, it was the first year, obviously, it was kind of like playing with house money, honestly, because everybody loved having Fred back in Ames, Iowa. Like, it was the golden boy coming back. So, He's like, the mayor. He's the we, mayor, could, right? we could do no wrong. Like, like, even if we lost a few in a row, like, hey, it's his first year, but it's awesome to have the mayor back. Um, so, our guys were able to kind of play pretty free to be honest. And we probably won a few games. I can't remember anything off the top of my head specifically. I want to say, I think we got, you know, we won out at Virginia maybe, or, but like we were able to win a few games that maybe like nobody thought we could just because we kind of played with just, you know, a carefree, like we got nothing to lose. Let's keep building this thing. And, um, you know, so that was, it was a fun year, even though, like you said, like, you know, wins and losses, it wasn't the best, but you know, we, we saw a lot of guys really good. And then for me personally, like I played, you know, I came in with Deontay Garrett. That was his senior year and he exploded, had a heck of a year. And, you know, me and DT or yeah, DT, sorry, that's one of the kids I coached, DG, um, uh, you know, we kind of grew together as point guards. And then to see him have that year and kind of be a part of it on the coach side was really cool. But, you know, then we had all those guys sitting out that were everybody was talking about. And, um, you know, we were working them out a lot. They were our scout team, probably the best scout team in the country that year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get a lot of stops and practice against those dudes. Um, but, uh, you know, but you kind of saw a building, you know, there was, you know, there was a really big time excitement, even, you know, in Hilton, even when we lost a few, um, you know, and then you just knew like the foundations were kind of getting set, how Fred wanted to do things. So the excitement was there. And then obviously we had some pretty talented dudes sitting out and, you know, we just kind of had to keep it all together, like with them keeping growing and learning the system too, as well. But um, it, it was, it was, it was a fun year because like I said, it was, it was we were kind of playing with house money like you know like everybody expected us to be really bad and we and i think we overachieved to be honest so well and then uh obviously some of those guys become eligible and you're starting to build and you know fred's uh starting to get his pieces and everything into place and then quickly i mean that then that his second year um your your would be your third year but your second year with uh hoiberg um yeah. 23 23 and 11 i think is what i have down in an ncaa tournament win over uconn um, and so what was, what was that experience like, obviously turning around, like you said, kind of playing a little bit with house money that first year to now all of a sudden, like, Hey, this is kind of a fun ride. And then going out and getting a win in the NCAA tournament had to feel really good. Yeah. And I'll, in, in the second year, we we're all excited, but we were kind of little, I don't want the nervous ain't the word, but like we, it was one of the first teams that kind of went out and did the transfer thing, you know, and right. we didn't know exactly how it was going to go. I mean, it looked good in scout team, but 
that's different. Like that's different. Like you guys know, like it's so a little anxiousness maybe going into that year and how all these pieces are in these guys are going to fit together. And in, in when you're on the scout team, like if you have a bad day, it's, it's not that like, you know, you still need to be held accountable, but like, it's not the end of the world where now you're getting into games, your role might be not exactly what you want, you know? So, and we had a lot of personalities like Royce white, it's a pretty big personality. You know, we had some other guys, Chris Allen, Chris Babb, you know, but, uh, but you know, it, it kind of got going. I think the game down at Texas A&M, like when Royce, I think went for a triple double, like, and we had not won a ton of road games in the big 12, you know, in the last few years. And when we went down there and did that, it kind of like felt like, okay, like we could be real this year. Like, you know, and we already, we already felt that way because we had talented guys, but again, it's, this hasn't been done before bringing four or five transfers together and like, all right, let's go see how this goes. Um, but then we kind of took off from there and, you know, won a good amount of games in the Big 12, challenged, you know, the perennial powers like Kansas and, you know, Texas and those type of teams. And, you know, and then obviously the NCAA tournament was special because, like, I didn't I, would, I didn't play in it when I was a player. Was, you know, that, that stunk. I never got to play in it. So, obviously, it was my first time, you know, experiencing it. And we played Jim Calhoun, and they had Andre Drummond, um, uh, Shabazz Napier, uh, had the wing, 6'7". Um, he played the league. Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy so Lamb. Really Lamb. Team. And we kind of took it to him, to be honest. Like, we kind of took it to him. And um, and then we played Kentucky in Louisville the next game. So, like, that was incredible. <laughs> and we played them tough. Like, we played them tough. Like, obviously, they won the whole thing and were the best team by far. I mean, not by far, but, you know, they controlled the whole year, basically. And we were right there with them and probably played them tougher than anybody in the NCAA tournament. So, um, that experience was, was awesome because, you know, you're playing against, you know, for sure, a bunch of NBA players and maybe a potential Hall of Famer, you know, like, and you're right there with them. We were competing. So that, that was pretty cool. And that was obviously my last year as a GA. So that was that was cool to go out, you know, with a pretty successful year, you know, as being a GA out there. So, yeah, that had to have been a neat experience. And, uh, you know, we talk about building these experiences and, you know, compiling everything. So now all of a sudden you guys just run this year and going, you know, and playing in the NCAA tournament. You kind of been there. You've, you've done that. You're not not quite as much deer in the headlights. That had to have been a big help. And so was any signs you can plead the fifth on this, too, if you want. But any signs of um, some travel issues with with Royce back in the in the college days or what was the deal with that? Remember anything? Oh yeah, I, def, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, not to the level that it ended up being, you know, uh, but it was, it was something, you know, um, we went to, so I, I probably should have brought this up when we were talking about leading into the second year. So going into our second year with that crew, we actually went over to Italy and did a foreign trip for 10 days. So he had to get on that plane and which is like a 10 or 12 hour 10 or, 10 or 12 hour ride over there. Yeah. Um, and that was hard for him. Like that was legit hard for him. Um, but he did it, you know, so he got through it, obviously, you know, and then he came back. So yeah. he, he did it twice. Um, but there was a couple trips, like when we played at Kansas State, um, you know, we flew as a group. Um, his grandpa came up and, and drove him over there um, when we played at Louisville because we had a few extra days because, getting, you know, we just had a few days in the break. He drove down to Louisville. We flew. Um, so there was a few things here and there, but never to the point that I saw it was going to be like that for him, you know, um, you know, but, you know, in the NBA, I guess you're jumping on a plane, you know, three or four time. times a week, yeah. maybe where we're maybe doing it once a week. So, um, but I, to answer your point of like, did I see that coming? Not to that level. I knew it was going to be a little bit of adjustment. I thought he'd be able to do it, to be honest. So. 
Yeah, no, it's I, I don't remember all the details of it, obviously. Um, but uh, just remember that being a big deal because was, you know, was excited to see what he was going to do because, you know, he worked himself into just being quite the player and just a physical force. And so it would have been interesting. It would have been really fun because he's so unique. Like yeah. he was more, one of the more unique players I've ever been around, like coached against, coached, coached him. Like, I mean, very rarely, do you, like he was a true 250 pound point forward like right, like right. that's what he was like his best attribute was his passing and his feel for yeah. the game but he couldn't shoot great you know yeah. i wouldn't label him as an awesome scorer but like he could go out and get a, a triple double any night you know and it would have been cool to see like that kind of player in the nba and you know him at his best you know obviously he just never was at his best when he got out there so it's, it's so interesting too with those guys. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of what Hoiberg brought in too, and a lot of guys in that era were kind of a first of their kind. Um, and you, it was almost like you saw the transformation into what the game was coming or developing into. Um, it's almost like they were a little too early. You know what I mean? Like something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you're that. right. I mean, that, like, because when Rice was coming out, I remember all the knocks on him was like he wasn't the prototypical power forward because he was only six eight. Well, they wanted the power forward to be six ten or six eleven. Well, all right, let's go down, score on the block, or be a, just a straight pick and pop guy. Right. Like, no, he doesn't really do either one of those at an NBA elite level. Like, mm-hmm. but he does this, this, and this pretty dang good. You know, like, you yeah. know, and obviously, like to your point, like you know, then it like obviously morphed in like Melvin kind of took on that some of that role, and then obviously when George got there, he t- kind of took it to another level. So yeah, but. it's just it's just interesting because like I mean, Royce now feels like Ben Simmons, you know what I mean? Where he yeah. could, have, could have morphed yeah. into a role like that. And even, you know, even Melgen, uh, you know, he would have been, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he feels like a little Draymond in him and what he, there's you know, no he, doubt about it. And so it's just interesting <laughs> yeah. on how like the timing of that stuff all works out for like wings and front court players. Height isn't, I mean, it's still a big deal, but it's not the end all be all. Like there's no way in heck anybody's like, 10 years ago is drafting a six, six power four, like, and then Draymond plays the five sometimes for the Warriors. And like, I don't know, maybe he's six, eight, but he looks six, six out there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's interesting. And then I think even with Niang and you talked about kind of playing above your level, um, you know, I know that he was, I think at least a four star coming out and was, you know, was a, a guy that a lot of people knew about, but I think that, that, that's a, a tribute to Hoiberg in which that his game just kind of, kind of got the ball rolling and then obviously he did a lot on his own, but uh, I can, I can see a lot of that confidence being built. Not that George is, is short of any confidence, but it definitely helped having him in his corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, Hey coach, let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit here. Um, you mentioned that in high school, uh, I didn't play AU ball. So what was, what was the recruitment process like? Was that just, you know, hey, you're, you're going to games, you know, talking to coaches and stuff like that? What was that like? It, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it was kind of like the local stuff, like, honestly, like Iowa, Division threes, NAIA, some Division twos, not a lot, and then some kind of in Illinois. Um, but it really was all about the high school season. I mean, I didn't really have any recruitment in the summertime and um, going into the fall, not much either. Like, there's a little bit here and there from, like, you know, schools like St. Ambrose and, you know, we had a school in our, in our town of Clinton at that time, um, you know, but it, it was, it wasn't much to be honest. And I, I had a really, 
I was kind of a late bloomer. I mean, my junior year, I was good, but I, I wasn't an all league person. I mean, we had a pretty good team, but I started every game, had a pretty good role, but my senior year, I kind of took off. I had a pretty good year. And then, you know, some more stuff came in. A lot of the junior colleges in Iowa, some division twos were kind of continuing, like starting to talk a little bit more seriously, but um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't a lot, you know, I, I kind of just, you know, just stayed with it and, you know, obviously, you know, fell into going to Kirkwood there at the end of the year. So, yeah. What um, you've, you've obviously alluded, alluded into it a couple of times, but um, what was the, you know, what were a couple of reasons you chose Kirkwood? You know, I knew a lot about it because at the time Clinton community college had a basketball team and they played in our high school gym. And so mm-hmm. every year I'd go, I go to a lot of games cause they would usually have a game after our practices, but I always like remember watching Kirkwood when they came in. I mean, the one time I remember the first time I ever watched them, they had Eric Hansen, 6'11", who ended up being a defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. They had some other just studs, you know, and I just remember, like, watching them. And I want to say I was probably, like, maybe a ninth grader. And I'm like, holy cow, like, that team's really good, you know. And that just stuck with me. So, I, you know, then you learn a little bit more about them, obviously, when I got to my junior and senior year. And, like, and then it's in Cedar Rapids. So, you know, a few other players that have gone out there before and how they're doing. And, you know, and, again, I wanted to play at the highest level I could. And I thought, yeah, I didn't know for sure it was Division One. I. I hope so. And so, obviously, that was one of the reasons. But awesome campus, proven tradition. You know, Coach Wags, you know, he's got a lot of Clinton, Iowa ties. He, he claims he's from Clinton. He's actually from Goose Lake. But, you know, he, so they, we, we know a lot of the same people. So, when you put all that together, it just seemed like if I was going to go that route, not go to a four-year, like, that's where I was going. Because, you know, I thought that was the place that could put me in the best position. And one, to win a championship and then get better and then move on. Yeah. If he's recruiting somebody from Clinton, he's probably from Clinton at that time, I would guess. Yeah, probably. And he just wanted to go back and hang out and maybe have some beers with his buddies after my game. There you go. That's probably true, too. Um, (laughs) So speaking of Coach Weggs, um, uh, obviously, you know, uh, maybe not obviously, but for the listeners, you played with my younger brother um, uh, with Coach Weggs Kirkwood for a year. Um, But let's uh, let's maybe talk about the freshman year. So I've heard, never seen about the preseason conditioning. Um, how, how did you handle that the first time? And, uh, how many, how many guys on the team dropped out that first week or two? Well, let's just put it this. Well, I'm going to throw this number out. It's not the first week or two, but that year, my freshman year, we started out with 18 guys, which I was like, Holy cow. Like this is a big team. Like I got my work cut out for me. If I'm going to even get a chance to step on this floor, let's just put it this way at Christmas break. Coach Wags was uh, calling out guys that had tried out earlier in the year to join our team so we could practice five on five. <laughs> From what I've heard about conditioning, only conditioning, uh, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, we lost a few. There's no, and we lost some really good, talented players in the first like, couple of weeks just because it's really hard. It's hard physically and mentally, but I mm-hmm. honestly, I did it when I became the coach. When I became the coach, I tweaked some things, but we had the same. And when you're going through it, you think it's the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. on the back end of it when you're done, like, Hey, I got something from that. Like I'm, you can, you, you it really challenged you. Cause I've never been challenged like that before. Like mentally, like just with the running, the sprints to just, he had ways of, and I kind of started doing a little bit too, of like, just kind of some, I don't want to use mind games, but like just other ways to find out like how hard you're going to compete, like how bad yep. you want this really. And um yeah, so it was <laughs> – and some guys couldn't handle it, to be honest. So, we, yeah, my first year, I think we lost like three or four in the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and I – we um, had Coach Sandquist on the podcast last week as well, and we we referenced this that, you know, from my brother playing for Wags, you know, just watching him over the years, if you 
if you can tap into that area in your body that, you know, you can get through that stuff, you know, he's going to do whatever he can to help you succeed. And, you know, after you leave Kirkwood too, but um, yeah, if, if, if that area is hard to find, you might not make it through the preseason. Yeah. You you gotta, it was tough, but I, I like to your point, like you just, you know, you learn a lot about yourself as an individual, but you learn a lot about your teammates. And I, as a coach learned a lot about what I had now, that's not the end all be all, you know, but you learn a lot about like when times are really tough, how, how is this person going to respond? Like what kind of teammate are they going to be, you know? And again, you can't just base it just on a kid's reaction to that, but it's, it can, you can learn a lot from it. For sure. For sure. So um, you guys said you were there a year before my brother got there. So, so walk us, walk us through that year. Um, You know, uh, how'd that go for you as a player? How'd that go for you as a team that uh, freshman year at Kirkwood? It was probably the best team I ever played on, just team success as a player. Um, we were ranked number one in the country for the majority of the year. We had some really good players. For me, it was kind of a tough start. I mean, I'll be honest, like the first few open gym, I remember calling back to my dad. I'm like, I like it here, but I'm a little nervous about if I'm going to play. Because uh, we had they, had they had been national runners up the year before. They brought a good amount of those players back. Had a pretty good recruiting class coming in that were, you know, some guys that probably honestly were a little bit more talented than me. And um, – so I had a tough start, but I just stayed with it. Like I just stayed with it. I just kind of kept on bringing it, you know, and it was pretty consistent, you know, so I carved a little role as kind of the sixth man off the bench my freshman year. And um, we ended up going back to the national, we won the conference, won the regional tournament. Um, and then we went um, and lost the national championship game by one point. Uh, so, and we were, I'll say it, like we were the best team there. You know, they, the other team was good and they had a really good player, but, we were the best team. We just didn't get it done that night. We came one point short, but awesome team. Uh, it, that team reminded me a ton of the team I coached this year at South Dakota State. And then my two national championship teams that we had at Kirkwood, like really good players, but just connected like, and they loved being around each other. And like a lot of those guys I'm still, you know, friends with today that were on that team. And then we had a cool, you know, group of guys that we hung out with outside of that, that would come to all of our games and this is my time I can give him a shout out, Gary Hove. Um, I know he's a listener on the show. Um, he, he texted me last night. So I was going to say, he, he, he for sure texted you and told, told, told you to shout him out. Yeah. So that's the way I could sneak it in there and we can move on. So he got what he wanted. <laughs> okay. um, but we had a really cool group of guys that we were just like always around each other. So it was, it was a really fun, you know, freshman year for, for me. Awesome. So, so who did uh, who'd you run into in national championship that year? Cecil Community College out of Maryland. I'm drawing a blank on the guard's name, but he went to Fresno state. And I, I think he hung like 25 on us. He was, he was hard okay. to stop. <laughs> Danville has always been a scorer's gym. I've heard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, cool spot. I've, that was a bad memory, but the last two times I've been over there, we've been able to create some good ones. So that was right. nice to kind of get that one out. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that for sure. So, um, uh, your next year there, you know, was, as I've mentioned a couple of times, the, uh, the first year my brother was there too. So I watched a lot of your guys' games. And I mean, that team had some studs too, um, you know, and making it, you know, as far as you guys did and having a, a good team, um, you know, as you, as you did, you know, going out that way. Um, I guess your first two, two years of college experience had, had to be a cool, cool ex- experience. I'm, and I'm sure just hearing from my brother, you know, that you had a similar team as you did the year before hanging out outside hoops and yep. you know really really having that connection out outside of the gym yep 
We did. I mean, we, we probably weren't quite as, as an overall group as tight as my first year, but we had a, a, a small group that were really like with your brother, with, you know, you know, Nick Iverson, that was one of the guys that came back at him. Rodenberg I played with. Bonzi is, is crazy, uh, but that was on our team too. Um, so we had a fun group uh, to be around to uh, that, that group was um, we kind of got off to a tough start. You know, our, our, yeah. the first part of the year, we didn't, we weren't great, but then we came back from, from Christmas break and we literally went undefeated until unfortunately the regional championship game and we lost to DMAC, but uh, I think we've won like, like 13, 14, 15 straight games or something like that. And, you know, and we ran through the conference, we were undefeated. And um, so that was, that was pretty cool because that had never been done before at Kirkland. And obviously with all the success that, you know, that program's had that, that meant something, you know, even though we came up short in Danville and that was heartbreaking, but, you know, looking back at that year, you know, with Corey and those guys, like, you know, we did something that, you know, hasn't been done there before and going undefeated in the conference. Right. Right. Yeah. Pull from that for sure. So we've already mentioned and referenced, you know, your, your, um, uh, your Iowa state days as a player and a coach. So you were a GA um, and, and, and you spent, you, you spent three years as a, on the, on the coaching staff there. Yep. Three years. So I did like my first two years were like a straight GA. And then last year was kind of like that, whatever you make it up, like video coordinator slash player event, whatever, like yep. you're, you're, you're doing high, high on the totem pole. We can't, we can't tell you, call you a GA again. So we're just going to label it this, but like, I, you know, you might not even be that part of it for half the time. So, right. But three people are there on that staff. Cool. Um, how did the, uh, how did the transition out go? You know, was that kind of, you know, Hey, I'm looking for something else or did the, did the opportunity kind of fall into your lap? Um, I knew like going into my last, my last year at Iowa state, like, you know, cause when you're in those positions, you can only like legally, like by the rules, you can only do so much. Like you can be involved with the players, you can do some workouts, but when it comes to practice time, you're technically not supposed to be really that involved. Um, you know, and then recruiting, you're not really, you're not supposed to be involved in that either. Um, I was heavily involved in the scouting. I worked closely with coach Lutz and then TJ in that area, but you know, I'd done that for three years. It was like that time, like I, I need to do something else. Like I want to get going a little bit on this thing, a little bit more. I wanted more. And, um, and so I knew that. So I was, I was ready to move on. And then I just got lucky. Um, you know, coach Darren Pine would been the golf coach and assistant basketball coach at Kirkwood forever. He's a legend there. Um, and he decided to step away cause he's got two young girls and it just timing wise, it opened up perfectly uh, for me because then coach Wags had a spot open up and luckily he, made the decision to hire me. I don't know. He's, <laughs> I like to think I was maybe his first choice, but I don't know for sure. Um, so anyways, went back there and then it was, you know, again, timing and just it, it lined up. My wife had just accepted a, um, an internship at uh, Transamerica right there in Cedar Rapids. So awesome. um, timing was good for us to go back there and kind of start it up and that with, with that Kirkwood and yeah. Yeah. So back to the old, uh, back to the old stopping grounds, how different was it, you know, as a coach? I mean, obviously, you know, probably, you probably don't have any of the same guys there, obviously, but, uh, you know, how different was it as a, as a coach than, you know, as a player when you were there? Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, but there's so many same faces and like what makes Kirkwood pretty special is just the people, you know? So, I mean, obviously I was going back to coach Wags, but all the other coaches were basically the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the admit like some of the administrators, Doug Bannon, who was running admissions was still there. Like, um, so there's like a lot of the same faces. So you get, you got a like sense of comfort, but it was kind of weird. Like, cause when I was there, I was 18, 19 year old kid. Now I'm going back there. Like 
supposed to act like more like an adult now. I'm like, uh, I'm, three. I'm, you know, so, um, so there was a little bit of adjustment, but for the most part, like if it, they're, they're home, you know, obviously I was born and raised in Clinton, but Kirkland's my second home. So it was a pretty easy transition for the most part. Yeah. And probably, you know, help, helped out. We talked to a lot of, we talked to a lot of coaches on here, but you know, a lot that transition from player to a coach on the same team, you know, as you did in Iowa state, but you know, different from, you know, when you're at Iowa state, because there aren't, there aren't the same guys there um, at Kirkwood, but like you said, it, there is more adulting that you probably have to do as a, yeah. as a coach. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a hard transition. Like when you got to do that, what I did at Iowa state, but yeah, part of it. Yep. We've definitely heard that. We've definitely heard that. So um, eventually slide into that head coach job. Um, and that's your obviously first head coaching job. So what are, what, what was the transition like? You know, was there a moment where, you know, as we talked about, you know, your moment that, Hey, I'm in the big 12 now, was there a moment like, Hey, I'm the head coach now? Like uh, what, uh, what do you remember about that? You know, I just, I just remember like there was a lot of sleepless nights that first like spring when you're put, cause you know, in, in the two year college level, like at Kirkwood, like, you know, you got to go out and get 10 players in the spring potentially, you know? So it's like, Oh, now I got to hire coaches because at the time, um, the other guy, Quincy young that I worked with, he was kind of getting out of it. So, you know, and obviously I stepped into the head coach. So now we don't have any assistants. So now it's like, okay, so I gotta go sign 10 players, try to get two coaches, um, try to, <laughs> figure out this budget deal and like all this stuff. But I was really lucky because the, what I stepped into was a, was an unbelievable program. But then the guy, obviously one of my mentors, he was right down the hall, you know, as our AD, you know, coach Wags. So he helped me tremendously, like during a lot of those, like, Oh my God, like this is a lot, you know, cause I was 24, like when I got it, when I took over, like, and, but I, I felt like I was ready, like in a lot of ways. And, um, but in, until you do it, until you step into that seat, I don't care what the level is, like it's just different. Cause at the end of the day, like every decision, either, you know, you're going to use your assistance and the people in your program to help you make it. But regardless if it goes good or bad, like it's on you, you know? Yep. So, um, so that was probably the biggest thing, like just knowing that, like every decision, well, it's your decision now, Pete, you know, like <laughs> you kind of better figure it out, you know? Yeah. So I wouldn't say I had one moment but it was just more of those type of, you know, decision-making and just putting it all together in a, such a quick amount of time. Cause it was, you know, in end of March and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get that opportunity. And it's like, here we go, go get yep. 10 players, put this team together and, you know, go find the coaches and let's go. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm assuming I've, I've never, never been a head coach or really a coach uh, at any level for that matter. But I'm assuming the coach there listening to this gets some level of anxiety hearing you say that uh, got to go out and find <laughs> 10, 10 players and a couple, couple coaches. Oh yeah. Was yeah, it uh, easier to find the players or the coaches? Sometimes it, uh, sometimes it's harder to hire a staff. Kind of hard to hire staff. I mean, I was, I had a really good staff, Ben Jacobson. He was, uh, he had been in junior college for a while. And so, he brought some good experience and then Taylor Blum um, originally from Dubuque and, you know, just good guys, good guys. So, but it was a process. Cause you know, again, being that young, like when you get a job, maybe when like 30 or 35 and you've been coaching for 10, 15 years, you kind of develop like, Oh yeah. If I ever get the opportunity, at least I'm going to, you know, maybe this guy I'll hire or this guy I'll talk to at that age. I'm just like, like, I, I didn't have anybody. Like I just got done being a GA. So I didn't, so I had to really like lean on, you know, the staff at Iowa State, just people that I, I worked with out there and my mentors to help me out. But it was probably harder to hire staff just because I, I remember calling TJ um, Altsberger and like I had my first interview coming in. And I'm just like, 
like, what should I ask? Like, I kind of have an idea, but like, how, what do you think I should ask this guy, you know, who's coming in? And so just, I mean, I don't know, like it, it was, it was, it was a good experience for me to go through at that young age. A lot of things to learn in a, in a small period of time. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yep. Um, well, uh, you, you know, here from our listeners, uh, you know, you referenced it earlier, but two time national champ at Kirkwood, um, you know, that is obviously incredible. Um, what do you remember about those teams individually? Um, you know, was there, you know, where were those teams before the season where you had, or you and your staff, did you have an idea that, Hey, this team could be, could, could be really good. Um, or did you kind of grow into that um, as the season went on? Well, the, the first one in 2016, it was my third year. Um, we had been pretty good. We were, we were, you know, right there close to the top. We couldn't, we didn't make the national tournament. And obviously, you know, people that know Kirk would like, that's what we do. Like, you know, like it's kind of, you know, coach Wags and that's kind of what he did every year. So I, and in me being a former player, like I really took that on and, like it's, it's kind of extra pressure, you know, and I really wanted to get it done and get the team back there. And um, so anyways, we, we had, to, we had a lot of new players that 2016 group, but they were pretty talented. Like, um, but we went through a lot of headaches and ups and downs in the fall, like in our workouts and early practices and different things. But um, I kind of remember, you know, in January, we, you know, it's kind of funny, both teams, it's, it's kind of incredible how it worked out on both, on both seasons we had a big time game against Iowa lakes in February and we had, it was at home and it was, we got beat both times and we kind of got outplayed at home in both years after that, we didn't lose a game the rest of the year. So both in 2016 and 19. So I got a Troy Larson gets a shout out cause he's something with that. But anyways, um, but that team was really tough. My tw- the 2016 we had was really tough, really gritty. Um, we had, like just, we had some good players, uh, but we only had like three returners, I believe three or four returners and only one guy really played his freshman year. And so we had a lot of new guys, but they just stepped up and just like, were unbelievably tough in the national semifinal game. I think we got down in the beginning of the second half, we were down 22 points and came back and won by double digits. So wow. it was an unbelievable comeback. And that just kind of speaks to that team's resiliency, toughness, mental toughness, all that stuff. It was incredible. Um, and so that, that was, a, that was a really gritty team. Um, another funny story that a lot of Kirkwood people know, um, that same game, I ripped my pants in the first half. Um, when I was going squatting and we were getting beat by like 15 or, you know, at that time or something. And somebody taps me on the shoulder and like, Hey Pete, you, you need some pins. You got a hole in your pants. Do you know that? And I'm like, excuse me, I'm not going to say the word I use, but I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I got bigger things to worry about out here. We're getting our butts kicked in the final four, but um, that group was resilient. We came back in the second half, won that game. And then the one, the national championship against a really good Triton team. And then the 19 team, again, a lot of talented guys, but um, that team was really close off the court, like really close connected, um, you know, and just, that's what I remember of that group. And then Doug Wilson was a stud. I mean, he's, we had some other really good players, but you know, he was a national player of the year and um, you know, and he, he kind of took us home at that national tournament. So. I'm glad you mentioned it. Cause I, one thing going back, looking at that 2016 and that 19 season, um, looking for some keys to what it takes to win a, a national championship. And apparently you have to go 31 and four. 
because you guys went 31 and four and apparently you have to lose to Iowa lakes, uh, in both of those years to be able to win the national championship. So that, that might, that might be the, the goal over there at Kirkwood, I guess. I know it was crazy. how met in it. And Wag said this to me too, because again, like I said, my first, the first couple of years when we took over, like we didn't make the national tournament. He's like, it's the rule of three, your third year. Cause that was, I think maybe the first year he made it to the national tournament. So then we did. Well, then three years later, we went in. And then this is my third year at South Dakota State. And I, during the middle of the year, I was it just kind of like, I think I was on a trip in the car and I kind of was thinking like, holy cow. And then I was matching up the numbers, like you were saying, at the time we only had four losses. We're in the middle of our crazy win streak. And I was kind of playing in my head like, holy cow, like if we get this done, we'll be 30 and four. We just, we need to beat Providence to, to make it. The rule yeah. we go. Wags knows all. Wags yep. knows all. <laughs> so, um, all right. So towards the end at Kirkwood here, um, you know, kind of similar question to uh, you leaving Iowa State. Was that something you were looking to do? Was that something that just kind of fell into your lap or what, uh, what, what was that process like? What was, where was your mindset at there? It was, it was extremely hard. Um, cause Kirk was a special place. Like I already said before, it's, it's home. Um, it was legit home for my wife. She's from Cedar Rapids Her families there. My parents and my family's an hour and 15 minutes away at Clinton. They come to all the games. Um, and we were good. And I, I never was looking like, and I always, when I got that job, I thought I had the best job in the world. Like I really meant mean that. And like, I know people say that and coaches that you probably had on the show, like everybody, but that was really how I felt. Um, and I always said, like, the only way I leave is if I feel unbelievable about the spot, who I'm working for. And honestly, it kind of just all lined up. Um, Coach Henderson was a guy that coached me at uh, Iowa State. He was a GA. I stayed with him. He's an unbelievable human being. I knew he was going to give me a role in the staff that was going to let me still feel like I was going to make a major impact. Um, and so that was important to me. Um, and then going to a place that felt like you could win championships, to be honest, because it's been done here before and I didn't want to like leave a place that I felt like to go try to win a national championship, do something significant every year to go to a place that like, you know, if you win 15 games, Hey, good job. Like I didn't want that. And so it just kind of, I don't want to say it fell on my lap by any means, but it was always going to be for the right opportunity. I definitely not a guy that I'm not very good at it. Um, trying to go job hunt. I'm terrible at it actually. So like just in, and I also like as a competitor after this, you know, in 2019, we had another great run. I, I knew like if we didn't win almost every year, like I knew it was going to eat me up. And uh, I, I don't know. I just like the new challenge, like, Hey, let's go get a new challenge. And it just felt like the right one. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously we talked to a lot of coaches, as we mentioned, and uh, always tough to leave a place where you think is home number one and, and where you're very happy at and, you know, winning championships too. Uh, that had to be a pretty tough decision for you. But um, well, I know obviously you mentioned coach Henderson, you know, I haven't had much interaction with coach, but um, I do remember that uh, when I was at you and I, he would come up during the summer for some camps and then he would, he would actually play with us afterwards. Um, I mean, really good, really good down low, really skilled. Um, the one thing I do remember about him, though, is wearing running shoes when he would play against us. And as a guy who's rolled his ankle, what seems like a million times, I almost rolled my ankle just looking at him playing in those. And yeah. so I, uh, I don't know if he plays anymore, but my question would be, if he does, does he still wear the A6 running shoes for basketball shoes? They're not A6 anymore because we're sponsored by Under Armour. But there's oh, no they have to be Under Armour. Yep. Wearing running shoes. There's no doubt about it. It's incredible. Cannot believe that. Cannot believe that. And and no ankle braces, no tape. It it just it's it's scared me looking at him. 
he's I, we, he's like the elastic man like he's just like his body like his legs like he doesn't get sore he doesn't really work out but then some days in practice he'll like he'll just randomly say all right okay we're doing this shooting drill do you guys get this number the coaches are going to run you know and i'm still in somewhat good at shape and we're all like okay this is gonna be fun and he's just ready to go doesn't need to stretch he's just all right let's go we're gonna get on the line and run but he would he would definitely still wear running shoes if he was out there hooping blows my mind that's great that's great well coach uh we uh we appreciate you taking some time we can't let you get out of here without uh playing a little rapid fire um with me here okay. to, to end um just gonna ask you uh, just some just some quick hitter questions here just uh tell us the first thing that comes to mind here as we go through and, and uh we'll get you out of here you ready you're gonna give me a hint here are we doing basketball related random stuff what we got most mostly basketball related um okay. it, it it'll be all so it'll be easy well i'm not i'm not gonna have to <laughs> count backwards from 50 or anything like that so um, good. uh so first one we always lead with what uh what, what's the best venue you've had an opportunity um road venue that you had an opportunity to coach in it was when I was, but Allen Fieldhouse, uh, when I was a GA, that would, that's a pretty special spot. That's a brother would like that. That's a tough one not to, <laughs> I mean, when you had an opportunity to go to Allen Fieldhouse, that's a, a tough one to beat. Um, I think I know the answer to this one. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but uh, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan. That was easy. Oh, nobody really thinks about that. Everybody has their, their answer yeah. and they just, they, they blurt it out. They know it. Cause you see it on social media, like every, every other week, it's somebody's That's starting true. to debate with yep. all these young kids and in our, in our locker room, our kids debate and like, we challenge them as coaches, like every other week too about it. So. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love the eras too. You can always kind of tell what era based on how old they are about about it. and where they're leaning. Um, do you remember your first job? First job you ever had? Washing dishes at RJ Boers. My dad was the manager. Um, he stuck me as the Sunday brunch. So that's when everybody's got to get a new plate every single time. So that <laughs> dishwasher. And I just got wow. my workers permit at 14. And I remember I worked four hours. I went home and like, and I, I was an energy guy. Like I never had to take naps. And I literally, like, I think I took my first nap and like my dad, like stayed there and worked because he worked like 10, 12 hours every day. And he's like, yep. Get ready, buddy. Like this is the work. Is. <laughs> this, this is what it is. That's great. I love it. Um, do you have a go-to spot where 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 to eat names? Where's the best place to eat? I was a big fan of Wallabies. Everybody will say Hickory Park that spot, mm -hmm. but Wallabies was was a pretty good spot. I like that spot. That's I like that spot too. That's a good one. So what about uh, what about if Adam and I come up uh, that way to catch a Jack Rabbit's game? <laughs> Whoa, look out. Uh, rookie. <laughs> Best place to eat yeah. rookies. You got to go to Cubbies. It's a sports bar. It's kind of headquarters for everything Jackrabbit Athletics. And it's honestly like – even for, you know, we're in a smaller community up here, but honestly, it's one of the best sports bars I've ever been in, like regardless of where. So it, that's where you got to go. You got to go to Cubbies. Cubbies. Good. Like it. Uh, and there's ever... Cubs fans and I'm a big Cubs fan. So that's, oh, well, that, that helps then. Too. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> have you ever got a technical foul? As a coach or as a player? Both. Either. I don't know why I even asked that because the answer is yes for both. So <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I haven't got one in three years though, so I can say that. <laughs> nice. Well, so, so we got to know the story. What was it? Where was uh, where, the one plane? Obviously, came first. Um, did you deserve it? And then uh, tell yeah. us the coaching one too. 
I slammed the ball down. I, I, I was at Davenport Assumption, I think my senior year. It was a really, really bad call, like a horrible call that arguably cost us the game. But my ball slamming, um, yeah, it was deserving of probably a technical foul. So, um, as a coach, I honestly don't remember my last one. It was obviously at Kirkwood. And I didn't get that many. Probably deserved a few more. But I, I think my number's like at three, maybe, as a coach. So in six years as a head coach, I'll take that. That's, pretty that's, that's not too bad. Yeah, no, that's not that's not still working on trying to get his friend. He's too nice of a guy. He hasn't oh, been for three years. How how do you develop that uh that knack or that ability to work those officials? It, I mean, obviously it's not something that you just go from the, the, the second chair to being able to stand up and have it. Did, was there a little bit of transition on on philosophy or thought on how you do that? Somewhat for me, because when I but honestly I did it as a player. So honestly, I kind of just continued like how I communicated with officials and I kind of already did that. And I was kind of my, I don't want to say my thing, but again, like when I was scratching and clawing at Iowa State, I had to find ways to like make sure the officials kind of helped me out a little bit when I had to guard like Mario Chalmers. So, you know, I tried to get, you know, have conversations with them and start, I don't know. I just kind of naturally that way. But when I first started coaching, I was young and I can kind of be a bit of a smart ass. And so like, I think a lot of officials like, look at this young guy over here, like kind of the way he's talking to me. Like, I don't think I didn't, it took me a while to kind of really get going with those guys. But um, I think naturally as a player, honestly, it kind of just came to me. Yeah. I was going to say definitely being a point guard too. It feels like kind of comes yep. a little bit with the territory and, you know, being the communicator. And so I imagine it have been an easier transition for you than some um, along those lines, you mentioned, uh, I mean, you mentioned Mario, but uh Toughest, toughest guard, maybe that you were assigned. Who did you have to uh, scouting report comes out and you were like, oh shit, really? Like this is what this is what I got to go up against. Is there was there one that you were just like, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to come with them lace tight tonight. There's a lot of them, <laughs> but probably DJ Augustine oh, okay. um, at Texas. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he played in the NBA. He obviously, wasn't a superstar, but. Um, I had just missed Kevin Durant. He had just left the year before I got there. So my first year actually, and I didn't like, I wasn't in charge of him, but Mike Beasley was the baddest guy that I've ever been on the court with offensively. We had a triangle and two set up for them. And we were going to delve. So basically we had two guys on him the entire game. And he checked out with 26 points with like four minutes left. So he was stud. He was so good. So, he, he was, was he, I didn't have to guard him individually. I was part of the double plan that didn't really work out, but um, <laughs> but he was really good. <laughs> he was he was kind of one of those guys that came to mind too earlier when we were talking about maybe a little too early, um, as far as that like positionless basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, where it was a guy, you know, coming out now with his skills and his ability, if it, it feels like uh he, he might have been able to make a little bit bigger impact at the league. He just was a little lost in that era when he came out because yeah, he was he was next level um in college and a lot of fun to watch so all right two more coach we'll get you out of here um shooters touch name of the podcast uh for a lot of reasons it's uh we believe one of the best feelings in the world what does it mean to you if uh, uh one of your players um ultimately has the shooters touch well it uh proud you know like just because as a shooter like when you see the ball go in it's a great feeling it's like really like it's one of the best feelings as a basketball player so to see a player really get it rolling and get in that zone that people say like and just feel really good about their shot because usually if a guy feels really good about their shot they're going to feel good about other things in their game you know Mm -hmm. so um 
it, it's it's an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling because usually that means it's he's probably going to be helping your team win too. So, <laughs> absolutely, that makes everything makes everything a little better. Um, all right, last one here. What's what's the uh, best part about having the opportunity uh, to be on staff to be a coach um, up there at South Dakota State and uh, to have an opportunity to impact the lives of of, of so many of these young men. I got an awesome culture up here. It reminds me a ton of what we had going on at Kirkwood, obviously at the division one level, because it's, it's, it's high level. It's um, very competitive. Um, there's a lot of really good teams up here, not to start our sport, um, but it's small town values. Like it's just genuine people up here, people that you enjoy working with, whether they're on our staff or other staffs, uh, administrators, other people that work here. Um, so that's where it starts. And that's what makes it feel really good every day to go into work. Um, Cause that's not the case in a lot of places, especially division one and the way this kind of college athletics is kind of going, it's, we still have it and it's awesome. And, um, and then just being able to impact young people. Um, it's cool to see like it, it, at Kirkwood in two year, you can see a tremendous amount of growth in two years and that's awesome. And I miss that, but you also get to be a part of a kid's life here now for three or four years. And you get developed, like when kids become juniors and seniors, you're still their coach, but you almost kind of, you feel more comfortable with them and you get to know more like not, I'm not saying we're friends, but yeah, it just, it happens that way a little bit easier when the kids get older and they're more mature. And so that's been really cool for me. And we've been lucky because we've had a few guys that have started out for, you know, this is their, you know, for me only that's my third year, but um, I'm going to get to coach him for a fifth year. And like Doug Wilson, I got to coach him for five years, you know, two at Kirkwood, then three up here. So that's cool to see the growth that, the players that you start out with and like how they mature on the court, off the court, it, it's, it's pretty special. And it's, it's why we do what we do. And, and it's obviously it's fun to win, but that's a really, a really big part of it. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more there. That's a uh, uh, very true um, and very well said. And so coach, we appreciate you taking some time. Uh, we're excited to continue to follow your path um, individually uh, and where that may lead. And um, obviously all the, what the future holds for you and your career, but uh, the Jackrabbits as well. And um, continuing to watch your guys' growth and what you guys are able to do there as a staff. We, we appreciate you taking some time, jumping on, sharing your story, giving us a little insight uh, into how you got there and uh i know for sure given given some nuggets for some coaches young coaches out there listening so thank you no oh, thank you guys for having me on and even thinking of me and obviously um appreciate it you guys are doing some awesome stuff and really good content you guys are putting out there and you know getting some good people coming on and uh, i really appreciate it so thank you yeah thanks coach it was good talking to you good good uh good hearing a little bit more about your background than, than i knew about first so uh as brian said appreciate time looking forward to next season and uh, what the jackrabbits have to offer and uh we will uh we'll hopefully be talking to you very soon